Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number one of the Design Patterns podcast. Today, we have Lucy. Lucy, how are you doing today? Thank you so much for joining. I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Good. Thanks for asking. So I kind of wanted to start off with, uh, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? What do you do now? Yeah, sure. So my name is Lucy. I'm from Sydney, Australia. So I studied at the University of New South Wales, and I did an information systems degree. And at the moment, I've just started a new role at Amazon Web Services, where I'm a solutions architect graduate. And before then, um, during my university, I was part of AWS for eight months as an intern. So that's a bit about, I guess, my background. Um, And in terms of university experiences, um, one of my highlights was to create a university society on campus. So we created as a team, something called UNSW Digital Society, which is about um, empowering students who are interested in all things digital. I see. And so that means you, you've you graduated already, right? Um, was it last summer or when did you graduate? Um, so I haven't officially graduated. I have a few more courses left, which I'm doing okay. alongside my um, in-night classes alongside my full-time role. Oh, so but you already have kind of like a graduate uh, job. Is that correct? Yep. Like you work full-time basically. Yeah. So working full-time, but not officially graduated on paper yet. Okay. So the student society is kind of interesting. Um, can you explain a little bit more about that? What did you guys do there? How did you start that? Um, what was kind of like the goal? Yeah, sure. So this was started in my um, third year of university, I think. No, second year. So end of second year of university. Um, So before then, I was part of a few student clubs. And um, I guess there was no really student club on campus that was focused on the digital space. And that was a space that my friends and I were becoming like more and more interested in, um, especially with digital innovation. Um, Things are growing really rapidly in the tech space. So we thought, why not create our own sort of society to bring students together, empower them by um, hosting events such as like Q&A panels, hackathons, things like that. Um, And because we were part of previous student clubs before, we kind of knew like the general gist of how to organize events, coordinate um, stuff like that. But, you know, obviously it was quite scary to start something from scratch, um, but it was pretty good that I had a really nice team with me. Um, So together as a team, we built the society from zero members Um, And now we're still continuing to grow the society. I'm not part of the society anymore because I've graduated basically, or like not part of the university doing full-time workload. Um, But it was something to really good to do to um, see students kind of participate in our events um, and sort of like learn something and get something out of it. And I guess last year we ended up holding over 45 events. So I guess that's something that was kind of like my highlight of the university experience. Yeah, 45 events in a year, yeah? Yeah, 45 in a year. Wow, yeah, that's almost like pretty much a one event per week, almost. Uh, oh, kind of, yeah. Now that you say that, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So when you say it was kind of like about tech, uh, what do you mean by that? Was it more like uh, career-focused um, or was it, you know, all things tech, like basically, you know, new products and new technologies or like more uh, focused on jobs and stuff like that. And who, what was kind of like the demographic of the people in the society? Was it, you know, people from uh, computer science as well? So you have computer science in your university, right? 
like computer science or engineering, right? So what was kind of like the demographic uh, of that? And what yeah. were your events about? I mean, there were 45 yeah. events, but you know, kind of like the general idea. Yeah, so I guess there's a few parts to this question because um, I guess our long-term vision was to hold events that were career um, oriented. So, you know, Q&A panels, things like that. Um, and then we wanted to hold events that were educational. So these will be more hands-on workshops, how to learn, um, how to use technical software, things like that, and also social events. So these were kind of like what we wanted to do in the long term. But, you know, I think when you first start a society, you kind of need to decide on like what you want to focus on first. So our main focus was career and educational events, mainly on the career side. So I guess we sort of tried to bridge the gap between um, companies like tech companies, consulting companies, um, and like talk to people in their digital branches and then connect them with students who are part of our society. Uh, so that was something that we did. In terms of demographic though, um, we have students from all sorts of backgrounds. So computer science, um, that's just a small component. There's also information systems, commerce, arts, design. Um, and you know how you mentioned, like, is the society, like everything related to technology, like all things di digital. Um, we decided to focus on three main branches. So we focused on like product design. So this would be like user experience, like, you know, UX, UI. Um, yeah. And we also focused on digital strategy and then um, also innovation as well. So those were like our three main pillars. And that's sort of how we um, decided to start the society, you know, um, having that sort of niche to bring students and attract students, um, bring students value and attract students. But I guess since I'm, um, I've handed the society over to the new co-presidents now, it's kind of up to them, them to decide like what their future, what the future path they want the society to go to. Yeah, so you said you did it, you started it at like end of second year, correct? End of second year, start of third year or? Yep, yeah, end of my second year, so yeah. And, I did and your single... degree was, yeah, sorry, go on. Oh yeah, I think that kind of answers your question. So yeah, my degree was a single degree, so it's meant to be three years, um, mm -hmm. but then yeah. I kind of extended it. So there's still a few more courses left before I officially graduate. I see. And how was it like to, you know, start something that, you know, eventually became, you're pretty much, you have 45 uh, members uh, in your society. So, you know, you're kind of like handling all these events and what was kind of like the learning experience? Because, you know, you started it while you were at university, obviously. So I'm assuming a lot of the content you were providing them with, a lot of the events you were organizing, you kind of had to, you know, study the material by yourself first, right? Um, kind of, so, yeah. So you were kind of like learning along the way, I'm assuming. Yeah, exactly. So I started the society with quite a few friends and we all, we all kind of decided to focus on a specific area we wanted to develop and like an area we were interested in. So I guess my sort of role in the society was more to towards like the career sort of side um, and I guess partnerships with different companies. And yeah, that was something that I really wanted to improve on because um, I thought that it would be quite good to um, improve on skills such as like negotiation when it comes to like what to hold for events, um, you know, like making sure that there's like a compromise between the company's needs and the students' needs yeah. and um, things like being able to talk to someone who is like pretty experienced from a company. Uh, that's something that I kind of wanted to like develop. Sorry, could you repeat your question again? Sort of lost my train of thought. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, just like if you were kind of like learning all the things along the way, uh, a lot of the content you were providing to others, uh, maybe like, you know, skills on, on, you know, maybe how to negotiate or like the workshops you were doing regarding like user experience, UI, all those things. Um, so you obviously probably didn't have experience with all of the things you covered uh, prior to that. So how, uh, what I was asking is kind of like, how did you learn along the way as you were like teaching other people or mentoring other people and while studying uh, yourself? Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, that was a question. I sort of kind of like headed in, a, in that direction, but forgot where to like continue from <laughs> no that. Worries. So yeah. No uh, yeah, as I was saying, you know, I was mainly working on like the sort of industry partnerships sort of side and then going from those partnerships into actual events for students. And that whole end-to-end mm -hmm. -end process was kind of what I was sort of taking ownership of. So um, in terms of like, like, as you said, you know, things that you need to learn, it's always like you learn it on the spot, um, especially since like at the start of the year, I didn't know too much. I didn't know too much about product design, digital strategy. Um, I guess yeah. in uni, there's a few courses that kind of touch on it. But if you want to create a society and you want, and there's people who are genuine, um, genuinely specifically interested in those areas, you kind of need to brush up on, you know, like some of that industry knowledge as well. And especially for my role, when I was talking with representatives in different companies, I had to sort of understand the sort of terminology that they use, maybe the software that, for example, UX designers use. So I learned stuff about like Sketch, Figma. Um, those are some, some ways that UX designers collaborate. So yeah, I guess it was always about learning on the spot. And I think, um, I guess advice for students who are watching, um, if you wanna start something and you don't feel 100% prepared, you don't really need to be an expert when it comes to the area that you're interested in. I think it's all about bringing people together who have different skill sets and just learning along the way, um, learning things that you think you need to um, use later down the track. Um, yeah, you don't have to be 100% prepared. Just as long as you have passion for something and you want to um, learn and grow, I think that's um, definitely would encourage yeah. people to start their own sort of like side project, side hobby. Yeah, that's a really good advice. Uh, I find it similar to my uh, university experience. So I'm currently a, a senior. I still haven't graduated. I have uh, finals next month and then one more semester. Then I graduate. Mm -hmm. um, so for me as well, I felt like when I was solely focusing on studying, you know, the courses I, I took each semester, I was kind of getting bored of that. And I didn't feel like I was gaining like actual practical skills for like mm. later after I graduate. And then I found myself starting like, you know, side projects or starting to basically work uh, at the end of my second year. Um, so I started as I uh, was first kind of like a lecturer of like a C++ course that was kind of like my oh, cool. first job then I transitioned nice. into um, working at like our physics uh, faculty uh, under one of the one of the staff um, or like one of the professors kind of like working on on some experiments at CERN uh, so mm -hmm. CERN for those of you who don't know it's the uh, basically particle research the biggest particle research center uh, in the world at the moment, it's located in Switzerland. Um, so I was working there for a bit, then I transitioned into working at Red Hat. And that's when I also felt like uh, university started getting a lot better. I wouldn't say like easier, but I felt like 
having other stuff to do and not being solely focused on on my courses basically helped me to get better at those courses and as well and kind of have uh you know my my day-to-day be more interesting uh so what you mentioned you know that's a really good tip with for uh for university students to kind of start a uh or a side hustle or just a side project or just something that you're interested um it doesn't even have to be necessarily directly connected to what you are majoring it can just be like a old hobby or new hobby that you like and that can really help so that's a really good advice and that also kind of like brings up my next question was which is did you feel like so you started this society before you started your internship is that correct oh yeah before I started the Amazon internship okay so you had other internships before that or yep so um, a bit about my career journey I started off um, so in, in first year, kind of doing like a tutoring sort of role, um, I was tr- yeah. tutoring primary school students. And then um, towards the end of that year, so in Australia, that would be like our summer period. In our summer period, mm-hmm. I started working at PwC. Um, and then afterwards, oh, yeah. after that, I worked at a company called Biosdorf. So that's like the par- parent company of Nivea. And then the summer after that, ended up working at Deloitte. So I guess before Amazon, I ended up working in three companies across two mm-hmm. different industries. So it was a really good way to like kind of like dabble into things, like taste taste the sort of like um, work and see like what I enjoyed, what I d- didn't enjoy. And I guess that, that kind of really helped as well because sometimes like when you do like one internship and you end up joining that company as a graduate, you, you might wonder like what else is out there. But I guess like yeah. for students, if they can like dabble into like different sort of industries, different roles, they can be more certain about what they like and don't like. Yeah, trying to taste a little bit of everything because especially in our kind of like uh, world of like tech, uh, there's so many like different fields, you know, even if we just mm-hmm. like talk about like computer science, there are so many like you have like machine learning or like embedded systems, um, you know, like more like uh, iOS or Android development or all those things. And yeah. when you expand that to, you know, you're talking about IT uh, where you have like, you know, a solutions architect or DevOps engineer and stuff like that. So it's really hard when you're a university student, let's say your, your degree is like three, four years, uh, yeah. mostly filled with like, you know, courses that you, mandatory courses that you have to take yeah. to kind of like get a taste of what you really like. Um, so definitely like doing side projects or trying to do as many um, internships as possible is a really good way to understand what you like better or what you enjoy the most. Mm. Um, but what I wanted to ask you is with the society you kind of created, did you feel the skills you learned along the way with you know both the actual like content you were providing and you know managing this whole thing uh, which obviously takes a lot of time and is really hard because you were communicating with both you know, the, the society members and the, the, the companies you were talking to, did you feel those, the skill set you kind of learned or gained helped you with, you know, your next internship at Amazon or, you know, just for life in general? What, mm. what do you feel the impact yeah. was of, of doing that? Yeah, definitely. I think it helped in two ways. It helps me get the internship, um, but it also helps me do well in the internship. 
because of the skills that I developed during uh, my time at the society that I created. So yeah, I guess in terms of, you know, getting the internship, I think showing something that um, you created within university, um, showing the impact of that can make you definitely stand out as a candidate, especially when um, it's not something that's like too common, creating a student club and to be able to, um, you know, when they ask questions like, tell me a time you faced a team challenge, tell me a time you showed initiative. There's so many examples that you can pull out of that one experience um, that makes it super valuable, um, just even just for interviews. But like it was a whole different story with um, during my time in the internship, Uh, especially for interns, um, those sort of work that you do, um, I guess, it really varies between company to company, but I guess at Amazon, I was really fortunate to do like, I guess, really tangible work. So stuff that I worked on, it ended up being implemented in my team and I got to see like the impact of that, which is really cool. Um, And what I sort of used to bring that impact at Amazon was definitely the stuff that I, um, the stuff that I sort of learned not only through creating the society, but through previous extracurriculars as well. So being part of other societies. Um, And yeah, I I would say definitely. So in both stages of the process, getting that internship, um, and I guess it really builds long lasting like life skills as well in terms of like both technical and non-technical skills to help you um, do well in the internship. Yeah, and another thing definitely is, you know, the networking uh along the process right because this society basically you know with like 40 plus members are basically all people that you know are have sim are going to have like pretty similar careers to yours so uh that's definitely like like kind of expanding your your network knowing more people that you know potentially in the future you will be working with or you know learning from and stuff like that so um yeah it's really amazing like really like what you did it's really awesome because you know you learned a lot during uh your time like managing this society starting it from scratch um i'm sure you met a lot a lot of like you know really nice people along the way uh, along the way um yeah so that's you know like you said that's not something that happens too much because we're so busy with like everything else that we have to do that we often don't have uh, that much time to allocate, you know, to other stuff, especially like, like you mentioned for uh, like 45, 45 events uh, in a year. That's a lot. Um, so good job on that. Really. Mm, thank you. Um, that's <laughs> thank like, you. that's like really, really awesome. So what I wanted to ask was how do you, how do you manage to do all of that during university? So how do you manage your time, uh, you know, both studying and managing the society and at some point like doing the internships and the whole process of the, you know, getting uh, an actual offer also takes time, right? Because prior to starting an internship, you have to do all the interviews, you have to uh, you know, change your res or update your resume, send it out, do the interviews, all of that. So what do you feel like helped you manage your time correctly? Or how do you like what uh, principles or tips you can give others to to do the same? Mm, yeah, 
That's a really good question. And I think it comes down to sort of two parts. Um, but like before I like give advice and everything, I'm honestly, I just wanted to say, I'm honestly like not the best at like time management, everything like that. Um, but I think that it's definitely improved over the years. Um, and there's a lot of like tips that I sort of like picked up on from other people. So I can definitely share what has, like what other people have like kind of shared with me that I've just, I like I still have yet to sort of fully implement, I'm still working on implementing. But I guess one of the biggest um, learnings is that someone once told me that, you know, it's not about you being busy. It's kind of all about like priorities. And yeah. I guess it, it might sound a bit weird, but I guess um, it depends how you interpret it. Um, so by, by having priorities, it just means that you're spending every day um, doing stuff that you are passionate about and you feel like would bring you um, joy basically or like would be mm -hmm. rewarding later down the track so I guess it's really coming down towards um, sometimes reevaluating your time and being like do I really need to spend three hours uh, making this thing perfect where maybe if I did it um, for one hour it would have like a similar sort of result I guess like for example um, it depends on maybe your priorities with balancing let's say like a uni assignment compared to mm -hmm an event that you have coming up with a society. Um, yep. And I guess for everyone, it's different. Um, for me, sometimes I typically would like um, prioritize maybe the uni society event a bit more, um, which means that instead of aiming for like a 90 for my assignment, maybe I'll aim for like a lower mark, um, knowing that I'll be able to have like a lot more time to spend yeah. um, producing an impact for like a hundred different students. And it's all about personal preference. Some people might not agree with this. Some people will be like, why don't you focus on your study? Stuff like that. So that's why sometimes I'm a bit, I'm a bit cautious with like giving advice on like time management because it's all, it's all about priorities. So I guess biggest tip is to figure out what your priorities are and how you want to allocate that time, um, which brings me on to the second part of this because um, another sort of advice that I got was about like time boxing. And once you do know your priorities, um, for example, you know, using the group assignment example, um, like three hours doing the assignment might give you like a score of 90, whereas one hour might give you a score of 80 or 85. And just making sure that you time box it so that you're like, I'm only going to spend one hour doing this. And that way you're a bit more productive because you're kind of like time bound. Um, whereas if you sometimes if you don't look at the time, a whole day might go by and you might not feel as productive during like every single hour of the day. So yeah, I hope that sort of made sense. Um, yeah. That, that's kind of like what I would recommend to students, like figuring out your priorities. So do you actually like, you know, have a schedule for every single day? Like, you know, you have time slots for what you're going to do between eight, you know, eight to 9 a.m. And then what are you going to do in the afternoon? So do you like write all that down or do you just kind of like, you know, every single day you start and then you're like, yeah, I kind of need to do this, that and the other. And then you kind of figure out the same day how do you want to allocate time for uh, for each of those things? Yeah, um, I'm someone who prefers to be a bit more spontaneous. So sometimes I don't want to allocate stuff to the hour. Um, maybe, I guess like I always shift my day around. So I would definitely start off with a to-do list though, because I guess the things that you need to get done during the day doesn't really change too much. Um, sometimes you get more stuff that gets piled on. You have to reshift your priorities. Um, but I, I always like prefer to-do lists over like, you know, Google calendars and like boxing out each half an hour. Cause sometimes, you know, you just have lunch with your family and then you forget about the time yeah. and like an hour goes by. You, you don't want to feel too guilty about that, you know? So um, yeah, I'm personally someone who like 
likes making to-do lists and just trying to organize time from there uh, rather than like yeah. time, like, you know, um, putting every single hour, um, putting stuff on every single hour. But yeah, it depends on the person. And yeah, yeah. I think it's all just, about like- Just having lunch with friends and then after 20 minutes, you're like, yeah, I got to dip out. Time ran out. Like you're, yeah. you're on the you're like, yeah, you guys had 20 minutes to eat lunch with me. Now I got to go and do something else. Exactly. <laughs> I, I hope there's not too many people like that, but you know, people, so, sometimes like it, whatever works for people. Yeah. And so- now that you're kind of like more focusing on you know your work at at amazon uh do you have any plans for the future on doing something similar to what you did in university with uh with the society you created do you feel like you would want to do something like that kind of like uh in your life now as 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 you work in Amazon or, you know, and any other company you will work in in the future, do you try to take like kind of those initiatives uh, in your workplace as well? Uh, or maybe just in your everyday life? Mm, yeah, for Sorry, sure. Yeah. I didn't quite catch. Oh. <laughs> That's Siri. I don't know why. Yeah, go ahead. Someone, someone talking the same time as me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah. So your question was about sort of like what what am I doing on the side apart from like my full time sort of role, right? And like if I still get involved in like maybe like extracurriculars within my company. Yeah, if you if you're doing it now, or do you have any plans in the future to um, you to do similar initiatives to what you did in university with your society? If you see yourself doing that um, in your workplace or you know just in your everyday life. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so at the moment, so outside of my full-time role, I'm working on two side projects. So one is my YouTube channel called Tech with Lucy. And yeah. I don't know what like the long-term direction of that is, but at the moment I'm focusing on adding value to students by like talking to them about like my Amazon experience, um, maybe like tips on how to do well internships, things like that. Just kind of like whatever sort of things that I've kind of like posted on LinkedIn in the past because I guess before using YouTube as a sort of way to add value to students, I was always a big user of LinkedIn. So yeah, in, in 2020, I was always trying to make articles so that I can kind of reach students who are starting internships or um, want to look for an internship and connecting them with like my article and hopefully um, making them kind of like change their perspective or like gain a new perspective from that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one thing I'm working on, the YouTube channel. Um, second thing is, this sort of like complements my learning with Amazon. So um, AWS, it's a cloud provider company. So um, I guess I really need to kind of like upskill, learn about the cloud, different services, things like that. So I guess one of the best ways to learn is by teaching others. So that was something that I sort of like, um, sort of like used like that kind of mindset. Um, I created a side project with a few friends called Cloud Bytes. And yeah, it's exactly like what it sounds like. So offering sort of like these bite-sized chunks of information to students so that they can kind of digest it. Um, maybe like just scrolling through their phone or listening to a podcast. Um, yep. And that's something that we're kind of working on this year as well. Um, and yeah, in terms of like- Is that like things, an app or? Oh, that's like more like, um, it will be a few things. So there's like the newsletter that students can subscribe to. And there'll mm -hmm. be like the podcast. So I guess maybe that will be through Spotify. Um, so yep. not really like a centralized product. It's more like kind of like decentralized resources where students can mm -hmm. access. 
Um, but we yeah. have a website for that and we're trying to like um, put everything together so that students can find all these resources. Is the website yeah. already up? Yeah, so it's called cloudbytes.co and all right. we created it towards end of last year. Um, but yeah, still, still a long way to go in terms of actually getting the podcast up and running. But exciting thing is we've been um, doing fortnightly newsletters and um, we ended up getting to edition number five. So that's been kind of like 10 oh, weeks of yeah. working on Carbytes. Yes, yeah, so yeah. definitely. I'll add those links, you know, to your YouTube channel and, and Cloudbytes uh, in the description if anybody wants to check that out. Uh, yeah, YouTube. So you've been, you know, you've been pumping out content, right? Like you've been uploading like a lot of videos, I think like once per week or something like that. Um, yeah, I've been trying to do weekly videos. <laughs> yeah, how, how is that going? Um, like, do you, because here's the thing, right? at least with me, because I've had many like iterations of YouTube in my short life where every time I like come up with an idea of what I want to upload, like, you know, a channel. Uh, and yeah. then I kind of like change my mind. And even when I like open a channel, like, okay, upload in a few videos, what I find really difficult besides, you know, obviously like, like filming and editing and all those things is even just coming up with like the ideas of, what would people want to watch? Um, so what I want to ask you is when you think of, when you try to like think of a new video, right? What's the process like? Do you focus more on like, what do you want to do? Or do you put more focus into what would be more helpful to people? Or what would people enjoy watching? Um, yeah, just mm. describe that. Yeah. That's interesting because that's something I was kind of conflicted about as well, because, you know, not everything you want to, like not all the videos you want to create are necessarily the videos that people want to watch. You sort of have to find that balance of figuring out who your target audience is and how you can best add value to that. Um, for me, yeah, after like having a bit of a think about it, I wanted to, first of all, um, figure out what kind of videos my audience really wanted to watch. Um, and then perhaps branching out to things that maybe I wanted to share with the world. Um, so at the moment, it's very focused on like, you know, Amazon, things like that, because students in my network, they've always been asking me questions like, you know, Lucy, how do I get an internship at Amazon? And how do you do well in an internship? And I remember last year, you know, before YouTube, I, I would um, message, like people would be messaging me and then I'll be setting up like half an hour calls with them. They would end up like going on for like an hour, um, mainly because like I kind of like really wanted to connect with the students and like offer that sort yeah. of advice. So thinking back though, it took like, you know, seven, um, seven to eight hours on my time if I wanted to chat to like seven or eight students. And um, with YouTube, it's so much easier because you get to deliver value at scale. Um, for mm -hmm. example, if, you know, a video has like a thousand views, um, you know, sometimes it could mean that like, um, you know, 500 of them ended up watching it the whole way through, but, you know, some people might have like skimmed through it, but yeah. in the end, as long as you can impact one person and, you know, as long as, for example, if someone watches my Amazon, like how to get in video, if one or two people end up, you know, actually getting an interview yeah. from that advice, that would be something that I would yeah, think that's amazing. really, yeah, really have, has like, made my time worth it um because yeah because thinking thinking about it it's like I might take seven or eight hours to create the video but last year I was I also spent seven or eight hours like talking to people but it's just the 
power of scale. Uh, but I guess, yeah, to answer your question, I'm more focused on like, first of all, adding value to students and really figuring out what videos I want to watch. It might not be stuff that I always enjoy filming, you know, like sometimes on a certain day, um, I don't specifically want to talk about interview tips and stuff like that, but I know that um, later down the track, um, it would really help add value to students. Um, and yeah, I think in terms of like YouTube channel tips as well, from what I've seen, people always talk about developing your own niche. Uh, if you talk about like my trip to Europe, something like that, um, I think it's, it's, it's good to have like a balance of things. So like you can have some videos like that, but um, I think over time, slowly developing a niche so that when people click on your channel, they know like what sort of videos you have. So whether that be like yeah. tech-based or like student advice-based, um, but yeah, that's just kind of like what I've seen through like, you know, YouTube video advice sort of um, sort of videos. So, yeah. Yeah, that sort of <laughs> yeah. And you touched on the scale of YouTube. Definitely. That's a really good point. You know, when you like, I'm sure you probably get, you know, like uh, DMs from people who watch your videos, you know, giving you feedback um, on your videos. And mm. I'm sure you had like people from not even Australia you know, like me, but uh, even more that just see your videos and they're like, oh, you really helped me. I really enjoyed your video. And that just, you know, when when that really like sinks in and you realize, you know, you just open, you just open up your YouTube channel. You know, you live in Australia, you uploaded a video and then all of a sudden you have like, let's say a few hundred views or a thousand views and you get messages from people all around the world that, you know, that watch your video. So that must feel like really amazing, especially if you, you know, you bring value to them. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, it's, I guess it's still sort of early days, still trying to figure out what the content or like what my niche sort of is. Um, sort of is. But um, I think, yeah, I would re really recommend students to find their sort of preferred medium to um, reinforce their personal brand and add value to students. Because another thing, another thing I wanted to add is that um, I guess no one on YouTube is really like an expert in the area they talk about. There's always someone who's like more qualified, someone who's more confident to speak yeah. about a topic. So, you know, like people doing tech reviews, they, they, when they started out, they were not like, the, they didn't know the product really well. They weren't like the best in that sort of field, but it's just about that continuous learning. Um, one thing that I do is that I tell myself for every single video that I create, I'm always going to learn a new sort of trick um, I guess in terms of like video editing, because when I started out, I, I did not use video editing software at all. I didn't know how to use it. Um, I ended up buying like Final Cut Pro for $300. But um, at the start, like my first video, it was very sort of basic, um, learned how to add text. But then later on, you, you realize how to add like animations, things like that. So yeah. I guess, yeah, one recommendation would be to just, just start, um, just start and then learn things along the way like make sure that you're continuous learning continuous continuously learning after every video yeah definitely that's a point i want to touch on you know and you mentioned the fact that you were you were really active like on linkedin with your blogs and stuff i'm assuming you're still doing that right like you're still uploading whenever you're like uploading a new video you're probably sharing it on linkedin and stuff right kind uh, of, yeah. yeah yeah i try like the, yeah. the organic reach on linkedin is really good um so that's like a really good platform to kind of share especially these things where you know th th that's what the platform is for right for like career-based um yeah what i wanted to ask was 
there are a lot of times like there are people who you know who are students and they get inspired by you know like technical writers right people with like technical blogs or you know people just uploading like hey i did this project check it out uh you know stuff like that um whether it's like on medium or on linkedin or maybe a youtube video and stuff like that how do you feel you like uh students can overcome this barrier of maybe like this mental block where they think maybe i'm not um yeah. maybe i don't have enough experience or maybe i'm not qualified enough to actually share my you know my knowledge or share my experiences or share any tips how how do you overcome that yeah to be honest, I asked this question to someone who is kind of like a mentor to me back in, I, I think like April last year, um, that time I didn't post any sort of content, even like my personal sort of Instagram, uh, Facebook, I wasn't very, you know, always posting about my holiday sort of stuff. I was always quite, um, you know, a bit closed off with like sort of my career, um, with like sharing my career achievements, sharing like personal life stuff. Um, so it really had, I really had to change my mindset completely. So yeah, really good question. Um, this is a really good question. And I'm glad you asked it because so many students might be facing the same thing. So um, yeah, I asked my mentor this and my mentor raised a really good point. He said that as long as your post um, does two things. So one, it reinforces your personal brand. Um, and second of all, it adds value to the community and your audience then the post is worth posting. I think whenever you're kind of scared of posting, you know, what will other people think? What if I'm not the best at this? What if sometimes um, people might think my views are incorrect or, you know, just, just a bit stupid? Or what if I look back in the future, I'm like, oh, that was such a weird post, right? There's so many different factors. And for me um, personally, the biggest factor was like a fear of judgment. Um, people, you know, like um, people thinking like, who, who is she to sort of like share this sort of knowledge or, um, you know, wh why is she suddenly so active on LinkedIn? Because you definitely have to change your mindset on this because, yeah, like pe people kind of like don't like change when, you know, they kind of see um, someone sort of changing from one person to another. They kind of ask yeah. questions. They, they kind of get a bit confused, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess whenever you have any doubts of like, you know, imposter syndrome or fear of judgment, anxiety stuff like that um just always sort of come back to these two points um and just really focus on that it's like am i adding am i contributing to my personal brand and contribute personal brand is something that is really important to invest in because it really adds yeah. um, in the future because when you're especially now yeah exactly especially now because there's so much like noise on the internet it's really hard to stand out um and to be honest yeah those are the two main mindsets to have but um, one more thing to add, it's it's something that I've, so I think I watched a video on it recently, but um, to be blunt and th that, yeah, that person was super blunt. I'm just quoting them. They were like, nobody really cares um, except for yourself. And I've definitely heard this a lot from people, but it's something called the spotlight effect where you put a spotlight on your life. Everyone puts a spotlight on their life. And when you know when you put a spotlight, right? You can't see the audience like looking at you. Yeah. So um, it's all about, you know, it's all about you. But so just remember that you know in another person's shoes you're not going to matter as much to them even if you like they might think about you during the day for like one hour or like a few minutes but after that they're going to forget that you know yeah you even yeah you even made that post 
yeah most people won't even bother like properly like commenting you know like they, they maybe they will see your video or maybe they'll see your blog and they'll have their thoughts on it but very few people actually like you know go ahead take time off their day to you know to write feedback exactly um, yeah and another thing i want to add to that is i feel like you really you should look in into a lot of those a lot of those like comments as like constructive feedback right um kind of like filter out all the noise because sometimes you will get and this is not only for you know like tech and stuff this is for like pretty much everything you know content related um sometimes you will get like hate comments sometimes you will get like proper constructive feedback so i think it's really important to have the skill of of you know, understanding what is important and what, what you should listen to and what you should filter out. And you can only really achieve that if you keep on, you know, keep on creating content, keep on uploading. Um, It's basically like trying to get better at push-ups by reading (laughs) about push-ups, you know, and not probably doing the push-ups. Um, and yeah, the thing you, you mentioned is really good. Like the spotlight effect. I like that. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. And the last thing I, the last thing I kind of want to ask you is something that, you know, I ask everybody is, mm-hmm. you know, now that you're really close to graduating, um, where do you see yourself, uh, in five years? What are your goals and aspirations, um, in the long, long term? And what do you feel like would help you achieve them? what what do you feel like you should improve on yeah um if you asked me this question like a few years ago it, it would probably be a very different answer because i think sometimes people go like um, in five years i want to be like a manager at a company or something like that you know something that they can sort of see themselves being in the future but i think the future is like so unpredictable for everyone um so i've sort of shifted my response when people ask me this into like where or what sort of person do i want to be in five years so yeah. maybe not like what I want to be attached to like you know my job what my job will be things like that um, but in five years some things that I want to achieve um, is become better at you know public speaking be someone who's you know a bit more confident someone who you know cares less about judgment things like that because I think these are really strong mindsets that can kind of carry forward in anything you do um, and like, I guess life is all about challenges and opportunities. So when you face a challenge, like, you know, confidence, um, self-esteem, you know, things like that, caring about judgment, it would all help with, um, it would all help overcome those challenges. And same things with opportunities. Sometimes you might get a really good opportunity, but if you're not confident enough, if you don't really believe in yourself that you're good enough to take on that opportunity, you might not, you know, make the most out of it. So yeah, in five years time, really want to, be someone who um, is has a still has the kind of growth mindset that I have now, but is you know more confident, better at talking, things like that. And um, not really sure if I'll end up you know maybe still working you know like um, the typical you know nine to five job. I think I've I'm always um, sort of like exploring side projects and things like that as well. So so sometimes it's like hard to say in life um, what opportunities there are, especially for us as students. We sort of like gain like a small glance into like what the world, the corporate or like what the real world has to offer. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you never know. And like a couple of years later, um, you just meet more people from like different walks of life. Some people who are like singers, some people, you know, who are like entrepreneurs. Um, And I think just 
being open-minded about it is sort of what I sort of, how I sort of see myself, like continuously being open-minded. Nice. Uh, anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? Uh, where can, first of all, where can people find you? Uh, so apart from like we mentioned YouTube, any other links uh, you want to mention? Yeah, sure. So two other things. Um, I guess you can connect with me from link, like um, through LinkedIn if you want. Um, and also through Instagram. So Instagram is also tech with Lucy, same, same sort of username. So any of, any of those will be fine. I'll be quite responsive on those two platforms. Um, yeah, and that, that sort of like wraps things up, right? So thank you so much for reaching out and taking the time yeah. to chat and asking really with like very thought provoking questions. I'm like contemplating my life now. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it, it, it's, it's these questions I feel like would be really good for students to um, get something out of it because yeah, the, these questions I was always asking myself a couple of years ago. Um, so yeah, really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you, you know, taking the time to uh, respond to a random DM you got from someone you don't know. Uh, hopefully I managed to like, that was a good uh, opener uh, to kind of like explain what, what, what I want from you. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you for uh, taking the time to come on. I'm sure you've helped a lot of people um, and you will continue to help a lot of people. So yeah, I really, I'm really looking forward to, you know, keep following your YouTube channel and whatever other projects you're going to be working on. Uh, yeah. yeah, you seem Same like a really to... interesting person and I think oh, you will you. <laughs> definitely bring, I think you will definitely bring a lot of value. So I'm really looking forward to that. Thank you. Same goes to you as well. Really looking forward to this series growing, you know, this is, as you said, like episode one or episode two, but it's, you know, it's very, the very beginning, but there's so much more to come. So really looking forward to seeing that grow as well. Yeah. All right, Lucy, thank you so much and have a good night, I guess, in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. All right. See you. See ya. Bye bye. Bye.